Hello and welcome to the Feel It to Heal It podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Kelly, and I am a clinically trained therapist, emotional wellness and life coach, and healer. My mission is to help as many humans as possible feel safe to feel their feelings in order to create a life beyond their wildest dreams. Thank you for being here and let's dive in. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Morning Tea Live, the free Joyful Dater Masterclass Edition. So this is our typical normal, our typical Morning Tea Live, but we are going to be doing a little bit more of a masterclass style, which is not too different than how I normally do Morning Tea, where I come on and I teach you guys something. But today it's going to be a little bit more focused as I'm focusing on the joyful dater. And this is a little taste of my new program, Powerfully Single, um, which starts August 4th. And I wanted to give you guys a little free taste of what we're going to be covering and kind of diving a little bit deeper in, um, in the actual program. But for those who aren't able to attend the program or who are kind of on the fence about it, I wanted to give everyone a free version. So we're going to be diving into who is the joyful dater? What does that look and feel like? And really, this is for my fellow single people. So if you are not single, this masterclass is probably not for you, unless you have an open relationship where you are free to date other people, then this absolutely could be for you. So anyone who is dating themselves or other people, this is the masterclass for you. This is for you if you really want to learn how to relate and feel differently in your dating life and in your alone time. So even if you aren't single, but you struggle to really embody and feel safe to be alone, even within your relationship, this masterclass could also benefit you. So I take back what I said, this masterclass is for anyone (laughs) because we all need to feel safe to be alone and to fall a little bit more in love with ourselves. So as always, let's start with a grounding breath. So whatever you're doing, wherever you are, if you have a moment to sit up nice and tall, rolling the shoulders up and back, closing off the eyes, if that feels safe for you maybe placing a hand on your heart space. And let's just take a deep breath together. So breathing all the way in and release. Just noticing how your breath is feeling in this present moment. Noticing if it feels short or long and full and just deepening the breath with each inhale and exhale. So let's do one more together all the way in. And sigh it out. And one more. And just allowing yourself to just be in this present moment. So when you're ready, you can start to come back. Yay, guys, I'm so excited for this. So a little background on why why I'm here right now talking to you all about this. I have always been someone that has felt like I've been able to be both alone and be in relationship. But what I didn't know during my previous single times 
was that I didn't actually feel safe in my body to fully connect to myself in a deeper way. Hey, Chris, how are you? Thank you guys for all those that are joining on the Instagram land. So I didn't fully feel safe. So what does this mean? It means that we all have behaviors that our nervous systems have learned as safety from the time we were born. So essentially when we're born, we really um, absorb a lot of the energy of our parents' nervous systems. And since our parents are human, we absorb some of their fear. We absorb some of their um, dysregulation, their moodiness, whatever it is. And so as a child, because we are dependent on our caregivers for safety and for meeting not only our physical needs, but our emotional needs as well, if there are any moments where we do not feel attuned to, so attunement just means parent is in tune with child's emotion. So if child looks sad, parent shows that they understand child is sad and is attuning to them, is, is tuning into their emotion, is being with them in that emotion, giving them whatever they need for that emotion. And so there are moments, because our parents are human, where we did not get that. So if our parents didn't look us in the eye, if our parents told us to stop crying rather than allowing us to just experience our feelings. If our parents said, you know, don't feel this way, or you shouldn't feel this way. There are a million different examples of not attuning to a child. And none of us are exempt from this. I don't care if you had the most magical childhood in the world. If your parents are human, which I think they are, <laughs> then this is everyone. So how does this affect our dating and our ability to be alone when we are single? It affects everything. So it develops whatever attachment style you have. So for me, I was always historically anxiously attached. So what does this mean? It means that I received my emotional needs, but inconsistently where little me felt scared of, will I get my needs met? Or will I feel abandoned? And so my parents didn't actually abandon me, but there was perceived abandonment. And I also was very sick, very young. So there were many different factors that led to this deep, deep fear of abandonment. To some extent, every single child has a fear of abandonment because again, we are dependent on our caregivers. And if they abandon us, then we could die, like actually, right? So when this then creates that insecure attachment style, whether you're more anxiously attached, avoidantly attached, disorganized, or you know partially secure, we all have a little bit of all of them. And you may sway towards one versus the other, but we all have a little bit of all of them. So <clears throat> when we then grow up as adults, we have learned these ways of feeling safe. So for me, TV binging, food binging, overthinking, ruminating, obsessing, um, fantasizing, overworking, sometimes over-exercising. I mean, I could go on and on. I think you get the gist. All of these are addictive behaviors. They're ways that our bodies have known safety. So what does that look like? For example, if I was single and I was alone and I'm like priding myself of like, yeah, I don't need to be in a relationship all the time, which for me felt like a really big deal because I grew up with a mom where she always had to be in a relationship. And this is partially what 
created my anxious attachment was little me always felt like I was competing with whoever my mom's current partner was. So she would always hop from one to the next to the next, and she didn't know how to just be alone. And this was her inner child not feeling safe and just trying to get her needs met. If only I knew that back then when I was taking it really personally of like, why can't she just spend time with me and not have it be about all of her partners? But I was a kid. So now I can have a lot of grace and space and compassion for myself that little me just wanted mom's attention and little mom, her inner child was just trying to get her needs met. So we understand how the cycles of generational trauma pass on to all of the future generations until there's a cycle breaker, which is me and my family, where we choose to heal the attachment, the insecure attachment style and develop secure attachment so that if I do choose to have children, which I'm not sure if I will, I can then pass this on. Or I can pass it on to my niece and nephew or my little cousins or whoever else in the family of future generations. So for me, TV was one of my biggest addictive behaviors. So why would TV be an addiction? One, it creates a shit ton of dopamine and all these like feel good chemicals in your brain where it is designed just like the phone to keep you addicted. (laughs) I had a moment where I was looking for my phone. I'm like, I'm staring right at it. Essentially, anything is an addiction if it distracts you away from you. So TV was my numbing. It was, I don't feel safe to just be with myself, to be alone. So I'm going to use TV as a distraction. Now, it's not this conscious thing of like, oh, I need to go distract. I'm going to go watch TV. Sometimes it is. Sometimes if we're, you know, having a rough day or whatever, we have a long day from work. It's like, oh, I just want to veg out on the couch and just do something mindless and watch TV. Our society oftentimes calls it rest, but it's not actually rest because it stimulates our mind and pumps us up with all of these chemicals. So for me being single, I was able to live alone. I was able to do things alone. I was able to take myself out on dates. I was able to do a lot alone, which again was a step further than my mom's generation had been able to take it or my grandma's. So for me, that was something that I felt really proud of And I had to look at, I still have a very activated anxious attachment wound. So even when I'm single, I'm still not fully feeling safe to be alone without distracting myself, without numbing any fear or pain that is coming up. It's only when we get still with ourselves that we allow those emotions from childhood to come up. But oftentimes we're like, oh, I feel safe, da, da, da. Like it's so unconscious because if you're used to numbing out or scrolling or busying yourself and you're not used to getting still with yourself, you can also be thinking like, just like I did, like, oh, I have no problem being alone. That's totally fine. I feel totally safe. But think about if you removed all of those ways of safety, no, no more TV, no more scrolling, no more fiction books, no more um, you know, social media, no more porn, no more video games, <clears throat> no more weed, no more alcohol. And you literally just had to get still with yourself, like sit still with yourself and connect to your body, connect to your breath, connect to how you're feeling, connect to the vision for your life. You know, TV disconnects people from the vision from their lives because we get sucked into living the lives of other people. So what is my alone time now look like compared to back then? I don't watch TV anymore. I actually tried watching TV (laughs) last week to see how my nervous system felt with it. It was the first time in like six months I'd watch TV. 
and I got sucked in again. And so as I was getting sucked in, I noticed how I was feeling afterwards. And I was like, I feel like my brain is mushy. I feel unmotivated. I feel disconnected. I feel like blah. I feel like a sack of potatoes. I feel like a frozen vegetable on the couch that just can't get up. I was like, oh, I do not miss this. This is a very, very, very familiar feeling. I do not miss this feeling. And so then I said, nope, no more TV. <laughs> that was all I needed to remind myself of like, oh, icky, icky, icky. I don't want to feel that way anymore. So now how do I spend my time if I'm not watching TV, if I'm not binge eating, if I'm not overworking, if I'm not doing all these things, I spend time connecting home to my body every day. So what this looks like for me is I have three daily habits. I chant, I meditate, and I journal every single day. I also do a card pull. I connect with the universe. I meditate. I dance in my kitchen. I sing. I, you know, do things that bring me joy. I take walks outside with nature. I do things that ground me into the present moment, not away from the present moment the way that I used to. But in order to get to a place where I was able to use my time in this way, I had to really build that internal safety where little me felt safe enough to release all of those addictions. So if you're listening to all this and you're like, well, I can't imagine just, you know, journaling and chanting, like totally feel you again. I was so resistant to all of it. Like my mentor couldn't get me to journal for the life of her. And now I can't go a day without it. So a lot can change. <laughs> and when we have the ability to feel safe, to get still with ourselves and to really connect to ourselves, so much can be created and activated. Like we have so much power and creativity and like life force in us that gets stagnant and repressed when we are numbing out. And so even last night, instead of watching TV, I bought this program for generators. That's my human design. And I'm learning and I'm like, learn. it's like a way of deepening my connection to myself. And I'm feeling seen and lit up by it and excited for how I'm going to implement this. I spent time creating for my business, like creating the message that I want to share with the world, right? Like there's so much that can be awoken within you when we stop numbing. And so Tying this back into dating and alone time is really looking at how are you spending your alone time? And if you're spending it more how I used to spend it, there's no shame in that. It's really just taking a, a bit of an inventory of like, where are you at? And that's going to give us a lot of good information on where your nervous system at is in, ter in terms of safety. So we need safety to be able to release those behaviors. We need safety to be able to feel safe to show up as our authentic selves in the dating life, in, in going on dates, in relationships, in showing up in our business and anything else in life. And so we have to first look at where are we not feeling safe and meet ourselves where we're at. And then based on where you're at, we can take certain baby steps to help you build more of that internal safety. So first step is always bringing the unconscious to the conscious. Where are you numbing? Where are you disconnecting from yourself? Where do you not feel safe to be alone? Where are you making it mean something if you are single? And think about this. In society, we can go anywhere and it's like, 
oh, are you seeing anyone? Are you dating anyone? Are you, do you have kids? Do you not have kids? People assume all the time that I'm married. They're like, oh, your husband. They also assume I'm straight. I do happen to be straight, but that's also an assumption, right? So like, oh, your husband's at home. No, I don't have a husband. No, I don't have kids. <laughs> like it's there, it's so conditioned in our society for that to be the focus. Think about how we celebrate engagements, bridal showers, weddings, babies. We celebrate marriages and babies more than we celebrate anything. I'm not against celebrating that at all. I'm here for that. And I want us to widen our focus. I want us to widen our priorities. I want us to widen what feels significant and important because when we do that as a collective, as a whole, it gives each of us permission as individuals to be able to prioritize what actually feels the most important, what makes us feel the most alive. So for me, I take intentional time to celebrate launching a new program. Yesterday, I closed out my Come Home Yourself group. Um, that was my second round of my four-month group for anxiously attached women. And I took time to celebrate that because we have a big problem and we struggle really hard with celebrating things that don't have to do with external things that society says we should be doing, like getting as many degrees as possible, going into as much student loan debt as possible, getting married as soon as possible, having as many babies as soon as possible, you know, climbing the corporate ladder as soon as possible. Like I call bullshit to all of that. If that's truly what you desire in your authentic soul, I support that a thousand percent, but I want you to have choices. I want you to have permission to live your life in the way that you are meant to. We all have unique journeys. We all have unique soul evolutions and adventures that we're meant to experience and when we shame ourselves for being single, when we shame ourselves for not having the partner, the kids, the white picket fence, we squash what we are actually meant to be experiencing and learning for our soul's journey. And we squash the joy out of the present moment. And so I really want you to look at where are you relating to your alone time and to your dating life from a place of pressure from a place of expectation, from a place of shoulds, society shoulding you, your parents shoulding you, making it mean something about you. I've never really struggled with the shame part of like, oh, I'm single and I shouldn't be single. It's like, no, I fucking love being single. I think if anything, I struggled with the, the opposite of like really committing to someone because when we commit to someone <laughs> and we engage in a romantic relationship it brings up all of our shit it brings up all of our attachment wounding it brings up everything and we have to be prepared are we going to use what this brings up for our healing and grow as a couple or are we going to run away from it and then break up with the person and project all of our shit onto them I've done both. And let me tell you, the first option of alchemizing that and allowing it to help you and the other person grow, highly recommend that. <laughs> but we can't do that if we're not feeling safe to be with our shame. And so that's the foundation of any work I do with clients, any work I do in any type of program I offer. 
is the foundational piece of feeling safe to be with your feelings, feeling safe to feel what needs to be healed so that you actually can feel how you want in your alone time, in your relationships. So if you're looking at how this all, we talked a little bit more about like alone time, daily habits. What does your alone time look like? What do you make it mean about you of being alone? Now I want to shift into a little bit more around if you are actively dating. So again, like you may be someone who's like, I'm going to take a break from dating. I had to take a break from dating because dating was distracting me and I have a business to build. So I was like, I'm going to take a break. Now that break is over and the universe had been screaming at me that I needed to get back into the dating world. So I did. I downloaded the apps. I started going on dates. If you have not heard about my dating diaries, I have a whole other podcast episode on that that you can listen to. But essentially, the dating experience that I'm having now feels light years of difference. Like, I can't even put it into words. Like, it makes me teary. It's like, it's so different. Like, it's just so different. So how do I begin to explain this? When we feel internally safe, when we feel connected to ourselves, when we feel clear on what we want, and when we feel safe to anchor back home to ourselves rather than grasping onto another person, getting lost in another person, or if you're more avoidantly attached, avoiding another person, secure attachment means that you feel safe to be both with yourself and with others while having yourself as that home anchor and still allowing deeper intimacy with others. So before when I would date, little me would come out and I would get so graspy. I would try and figure it out. I would be on a date with someone and be like, oh, I don't know. Like, is this going to lead somewhere? Like, should I see them again? I don't know. And I used to continue seeing people that I knew were not in alignment. It was like, I little me just liked the attention. She just liked she liked the the comfort and the touch and the um the connection with someone but my highest self knew that a lot of these people were not in alignment and so how do we even know what's in alignment we have to we have to date we have to allow ourselves different experiences to meet people to to feel out what we like and what we don't like and what feels good and what doesn't feel good and you know what qualities we're looking for and beyond qualities, like you can have all the qualities on a piece of paper, but if you're not, if everything is energy. So if you're not feeling someone's energy, if you're not feeling like your energies are blending or, you know, a good fit, like your gut will always tell you. Sometimes I would stay with people just because one part was really good, but the other part wasn't really good. And it was always like making excuses or kind of justifying and this is where it gets tricky in our society is like, we can get really rigid on both ends. We can get rigid in the sense of like, well, if he didn't do this and he didn't do that, then bam, you should cut him off. Like, blah, blah, blah. like we're so quick to avoid. We're so quick to cut off people because it allows us to prevent looking at our own shit, our own shit that we feel shame about that's coming up. And this is a massive missed opportunity for your healing. 
Because if you run away from your own shit and you just project on the other person and blame it on him or them or her or whatever, like you are doing a huge disservice to yourself. But then we also have the other extreme where we don't hold our standards and where we say like, oh, I really want a partner to do this. And this person's like barely able to show up. And, you know, I don't actually really like them, but I like the attention. And so I'm just going to settle for this. We have both extremes. We have people and, and all of us have engaged in both extremes where we stay for too long because of our attachment wounding and little us just wanting that connection. And then we also are too quick sometimes to cut people out because we forget to see the human in them. And we forget to look at, not we forget, we don't feel safe to look at our part in it. So this is where developing this internal safety and the secure attachment within ourselves allows us to really be experiencing a more flexible nervous system where we can get really clear on like, okay, I'm going to just follow my intuition. My intuition says there's a connection with this person. For example, the person that I'm currently exploring things with does not make sense on paper in a lot of ways. And then in other ways makes perfect sense on paper, but I'm not going based off of paper. I'm, I mean, partially, cause you know, I have my list of qualities that I want to manifest and all of that, but it's more of just a gut. It's a gut feeling of like, do I feel a connection with this person? Do I want to see things through? Is there, does the universe have some learning in store for me here? We can't choose who we feel connected to. We can choose how we relate to it. So in the past, when I would have a connection with someone, I would get like sucked in because I was so anxiously attached to them that I would drop myself. I would abandon myself. I would prioritize time with them over what I actually needed to do with myself. Now, oh my God, it's fucking freedom, I tell you. <laughs> so for example, now the guy that I'm exploring things with, like he's not a great texter. So we don't really talk that much in between when we see each other. This is not, this is not a coincidence because the universe knows that I want to relate from a securely attached place. And so if I'm going to experience a connection with someone, I cannot just go full throttle into something the way that I've done every other time. I need to slowly titrate the experience of connecting with someone so that I'm continuously coming home to myself. So it's not a coincidence that this person is not great at responding. The old me might've been like, oh, he sucks at responding. Okay, I'm not gonna see him again. But again, like I actually think that this is what I need. It's not necessarily what I want. Long-term, I want someone to be more responsive. Absolutely, there's nothing wrong with wanting that. But for right now, what I need for my deepening of my buildings of my secure attachment is I need someone who is not going to be texting me all day, every day. I need to be able to sit with the unknown. I need to be able to be okay and comfortable with, oh, he hasn't responded in a week. And instead of making that mean something about me, or instead of being like, oh, this means that, or this means that, or blah, blah, blah. It's like, come back to the present. There's nothing to figure out. It's just, I'm going to observe that. I'm going to notice that. I'm going to take that as information. That's interesting. 
okay, I can sit with that. I can take that. And it's about not playing these games in the dating world. Like we play so many games of like, well, if I texted him last, then he should be the one to text me now and blah, blah, blah. Again, bullshit. Like I'm all about following what you desire. So for example, when this person didn't respond, I did end up sending them another text because I was thinking about them and I just wanted to text them. So I did. I let it be that simple. I didn't make that mean anything about me or about him. I literally just texted again. Hey, thinking about you, just checking in. Hope you had a great trip. Would love to see you when you're back. Then he responded and he said, thanks so much for checking in. Like, you know, a trip went longer than expected. Just getting back home and settling in. Would love to see you. What's your schedule looking like? And now we have a date plan for this weekend. So had I not initiated that because I'm like, I need to be the one to blah, 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 like all these rules. Sure. Would he have eventually texted me when he was back home and settled from his trip? I think so. Right. It seems like it. But also if I'm sitting there thinking about someone being like, oh, should I text him? Like, I'm just going to text them. Right. So this is also about feeling safe to follow your desires and to allow yourself to lead and receive. It's again, that balance of like the feminine and the masculine energy of, um, you know, following our desires, responding to a desire, but also allowing ourselves to receive. So the old me, if I hadn't heard from someone in a week or two weeks, yeah, this was closer to two weeks. If I hadn't heard from someone in two weeks, my anxious attachment, holy shit, I would have been figuring it out. I would have been like, well, what do I do? Do I just end things with him because he's a bad communicator? Do I, um, you know, just move on? It's like, I would have needed to know where we stood. I would have probably blown up his phone. Like, why aren't you texting me? You know, do you not want to see me again? Blah, blah, blah. Like I would have like, I would have been <laughs> really on it. And now it's just like, again, I can feel safe to lean back and be like, hmm, that's, that's information. Now let me refocus on me. When you are so focused on your own life, when you are so focused on you and like doing things every day that light you up, you don't even have time or energy to be like overanalyzing how long someone's texted you or, you know, uh, if you should text that, like you just don't have energy for that. So my goal is for everyone to feel safe enough in their nervous systems, in their bodies to get out of survival mode and into this place of safety where you're not just feeling safe and that's good enough to feel safe. Yes, it's a beautiful thing to feel safe in your body, but why do we need to feel safe so that we can actually feel safe to create our lives and focus on what we want in our life, create our vision for our life. So when we're able to feel that safety, we're able to just focus on ourselves and allow things to take its natural course without making it mean anything, without trying to figure it out. Like, yes, I can use this as information and say, okay, if this were to turn into a long-term thing, I would need this person to be better about responding. Whether that's going to be him or someone else, that's a quality that I know that I would need to have an effective relationship. That's okay to honor that. And also, it's coming back to the present. In the present moment, all I need to know is, do I want to see this person again? Yes, okay, then I see them. We are so good at future tripping. We are so good at trying to figure it out. We are so good at looking for all the red flags. 
That is you dating from a place of survival mode. It's not you dating from a place of power, from a place of safety, from a place of groundedness, from a place of openness, from a place of let's just see how this goes. Let's just, you know, notice how this unfolds naturally, allow it to take its natural course and to get out of your head and just be in the present, whatever that is in the present moment, whether that's focusing on you and yourself and your life, or if that's, you know, enjoying a date with someone, like how often are you dating and you're going on dates and you're constantly analyzing like, you know, oh, did they pay? Oh, did they plot my seat? Oh, did they do this? Oh, you know, is this person going to be compatible long-term? Like we spend so much time trying to figure someone out that we don't actually give ourselves a chance to get to know the person and truly just allow ourselves to get to know each other, which is the way to figure out if you want to be with someone, if you want to invest time and energy with someone. So if you're immediately from the get-go in survival mode of like trying to figure it out or being hypervigilant around it or not feeling safe to just show up as your true authentic self and placating and adapting your energy to the other person's because you want to be chosen, that is little you. So our work is to look at how are you relating from your inner child versus how can you start meeting your own needs and having support like a mentor or coach to help meet your needs as well for that reparative experience so that you go into relationships with honoring what you actually need because there's always needs and desires in a relationship in any healthy relationship but there's a difference between you know our adult needs and desires versus those inner child needs and desires that we're grasping on for and it's not to say that those wouldn't come up in a relationship because we're human right like they may come up but it's about being able to be aware of how are you relating from your inner child versus your most powerful adult self. And so this is where the Powerfully Single program comes in is we do a really deep dive into your specific attachment style, your specific way of spending time alone, your specific desires and what's blocking you from, let's say you wanna manifest a really dreamy partner like what's blocking you from feeling safe to receive that, the universe will never ever give us something that we don't feel safe to receive. So if I say I want a million dollars, but then a check for a million dollars arrives and I'm like, I can't manage this. I don't feel safe to receive this. And again, consciously we can fool ourselves and be like, yeah, we feel totally safe. But think about our attachments. If I received a check for a million dollars, how would that change the way in which I relate to my closest primary attachments? How would that change the, the way I relate to all of the people in, in my life, in my world? It's the same thing with dating. It's like we can say, you know, I want to receive someone who is so um, expressive with their feelings, who's so, um, you know, kind and funny and secure in themselves. But when that person shows up as their most secure self, what is that going to trigger in you? I've literally had men tell me that my emotional intelligence, my confidence terrifies them, literally terrifies them and that it's too much for them. So some of us have the wound of not enough and others of us, including myself, have the wound of feeling too much. The reality is, is that I am too much for many, many men. <laughs> like most men I've dated, I am too much. They feel intimidated by me. They feel 
Um, it makes them feel less of a man. It makes them feel shame. It makes them feel insecure. It makes them feel like they can't keep up with me. Like, and so that's filtered out many, many men. And now I get to say the person that's right for me is someone who will be inspired by me, inspired by my too muchness, inspired to um, allow each other to make ourselves better. Because that's kind of the whole fucking point of a relationship is like, let's come into relationship and help each other grow as individuals, not to just stay stagnant and like, you know, just like become couch potatoes, but like really let's grow together. And that's what I desire in a partnership is someone where I can fully show up as my fullness, my full big energy self, and also have that person show up as their full self. And let's fucking grow and heal and expand together. And so I've started to attract more of that in the men that I'm currently dating of like men who, you know, have done some work on themselves men who, um, you know, like, uh, have a, have a passion, have a purpose, have, have a vision for their lives, um, who, you know, prioritize like similar values. Right. So that doesn't mean that there's not then work to do. There's always, we're human. There's always going to be work to do in relationships, but so much deep healing can come out of a relationship. And so if you're dating and you're blocking yourself from, you know, a potential connection that you feel naturally because you're waiting for the perfect person to come in. That's actually your own fear. That's your inner child because no one is perfect, including you. <laughs> like none of us are perfect. And again, there's a difference between, you know, oh, I'm honoring my standards versus, oh, I'm waiting for someone to be perfect. Because again, that's probably your avoidance avoidance of actually developing deep intimacy with someone. So there's a lot to look at in dating. And what I want you to really take away from this masterclass is that your inner child affects everything, whether they're feeling safe, whether they're feeling activated, whether they're getting their needs met, whether they're not getting their needs met. If we do not focus on honoring their needs, they will run around to everyone else trying to find their needs met because they have needs and that's okay. So it's looking at how your inner child is playing a role in your dating and in your alone time, how your unprocessed childhood trauma, your attachment wounding, looking at what your attachment style is and how this is showing up. And then looking at how are you relating from a place of survival mode and not allowing yourself to be in the present because the present moment is where you will find joy, where you will find connection, where you will find information, where you will find all the emotions that come with dating, people you like, people who you don't like in the present moment. But as far as we are, as much as we are allowing the no, that's not what I say. I want to say for as long as we are, <laughs> English is hard sometimes, for as long as we are allowing our inner child and past trauma to affect the present and also to allow us to future trip and not stay in the present, like literally trauma healing in a nutshell is feeling safe to be in the present. Because if you are focused on the past or you're focused on the future, 
and you don't feel safe to just be in the present, which is literally all we have, it's all we have, you are stuck in trauma. You are stuck in a trauma response. And that is okay because we all have trauma to heal. It's just information for you of like, oh, little me doesn't feel safe. My nervous system doesn't feel safe. The more that you can practice coming back to safety in the present moment, rounding into the present moment, doing things in your day that bring you safety, that bring you joy, that bring you back into the present moment and being with the emotions that come up in the present moment. That is the work. That is the path forward to being able to relate to dating from this place of like, oh, this is fun. This is just overflow. This is just a cherry on top to my already connected, amazing relationship with myself. This, I hate, I hate the expression other half. Never, ever, ever. If I get married one day, fuck no. Will that ever be in my vows, in my wedding? Fuck that. I want us all to feel so fucking whole on our own that we do not need another half. We need another whole. <laughs> Every time I explain this, it comes out real weird. I'm talking about holes and holes and more holes. The point is, is you know what I'm saying. I want all of us to feel complete on our own. And then I want to meet another person where that complete person adds to my completion. <laughs> I want it to be an addition. I want it to be a cherry on top. I want it to be abundance, overflow, connection, deepening, um, a, a deepening of the healing that you've already done, a deepening of, and an integration of the work that you've already put in yourself. Because yes, absolutely, relationships and partners can be so deeply healing. Dating can bring out all of our wounds. And if we allow ourselves to use that as information of what needs to be healed, so much can come out of that. And if you're like me, you used to say, well, when I'm single, I feel so confident and independent. And when I'm dating, I feel like batshit crazy. That is your attachment wounding. It's because dating and relationships will bring up all of that attachment wounding. So now that I'm got, I've gotten to this place where I can date and not feel batshit crazy and also know when I'm staying in something out of anxious attachment, like if someone else's energy is like not grounded, not, um, not secure, like to an extent, right? Like <clears throat> we all, none of us have like a thousand percent secure attachment. So it's to an extent, it's not like, you know, oh, this person like the person I'm seeing right now is more avoidant. And so that would need to be, <laughs> you know, uh, worked on if we were to be together long-term, but for right now in the present, because I have my own secure attachment within myself, that doesn't have to shake my sense of safety. Whereas someone else that I was dating had disorganized attachment and it was so strong and his energy felt so inconsistent and triggering and ungrounded that it didn't allow for any safety in the relationship. And so my anxious attachment did get more activated. Whereas now I'm just like, oh, I feel enough secure attachment within myself. And this person's energy also feels safe enough and grounded enough. So it's both. You need the secure attachment within you. And you also need the other person to feel safe enough, right? We all need safety in a relationship. And so I don't care how secure you are. If the other person doesn't have safe energy and doesn't have you know, energy that feels grounded and good, like that's of course going to make you feel more avoided or anxious or bring out your attachment style. 
So it's, it's two to tango. It's both people, but just being able to be in this place where no matter what happens, it's just like, oh, I still got me. I still got this beautiful life with or without this person and going on these dates and getting to know people can just be fun. It can just be experiences. It can just be learning. It can just be, um, adventures, right? Like without any pressure, without any attached outcomes, without any, you know, little niece grasping for meeting her needs met, like that is such a more enjoyable experience when you are dating. And I want everyone to feel this way. I want everyone to experience this because so much of the reason why we have this bitterness towards dating of like, oh, there's no good people left to date or, oh, like dating's exhausting or, oh, this, like I used to say that shit all the time. Like, oh, this is so exhausting. It doesn't have to be. It just means that you might be relating to it from an inner child place that feels heavier and more weighted and scary and all of that. And I totally relate and empathize and get it and have been there and we get to shift it. Like we have the power to shift it. When we fully realize how much is in our power to shift and at the same time realize how much is actually out of our control, it's literally the most freeing thing in the world. So if you are listening to this and you are like, I am somewhat aware of the areas that I feel blocked in, in terms of my alone time, in terms of my own life, in terms of creating the vision for my life. And in terms of how I feel while I'm dating, like if you're just like obsessively on the dating apps, like, like scrolling and like grasping and, you know, like analyzing every single text. Oh my God, I got you. Like I've been there so many times and it doesn't have to be that way. Like I'm here to show you a new way, like literally a new way. It all has to do with safety. It all has to do with our attachment wounding. It all has to do with trauma. I'm here to help you feel safe to relate in a new way. So powerfully single, my five-week program is not going to rewire your whole nervous system. If that were the case, I wouldn't need to have my one-on-one program, which actually does the full nervous system transformation. So if you are looking for like the full nervous system transformation, this is not for you. If you are looking for an entry point to begin rewiring your nervous system, and then maybe after doing this, you're like, I'm ready to deepen this and take it to the next level and then explore maybe doing one-on-one work together or group work together. That's different. This program is meant to help you more in terms of establishing the awareness, the day-to-day habits that you can start implementing now to help support your nervous system and feeling safe to relate differently and to allow you to look at dating in a new way. So we have five different modules, five different weeks. We start Friday, August 4th at 4 p.m. Pacific. The calls are one hour each. They're all recorded. So if you can't attend live, you can totally watch the replay. You have lifetime access. And if I update the course at any point, if I add another module in a year from now, you get that for free as well. So what we're going to cover, module one is the disconnected data. We're going to look at all the ways, like we talked about today, that you are disconnecting from yourself, but we're going to do a deep dive into your specific ways. So I can tell you about the ways that I've disconnected, but we're going to look at where you specifically, individually, you are disconnecting from yourself. And then uh, module two is a sacred sanctuary. So we're going to look at how 
living alone, being alone, experiencing this time alone can literally be the most magical, powerful, transformative time of your life. I think everyone needs to be alone before they get married, before they get into a relationship. If you don't even know yourself, you are going to be entering that relationship from a place of need rather than desire, from a place of inner child rather than from adult, like totally different experience. And that's why so many relationships don't work out because people don't actually know themselves. You have to take time to really get to know yourself and like fall in love with yourself because then how do you expect someone else to fall in love with you? Anyway, I digress. So <laughs> module two is looking at um, the transformation from the inside out. So how are you treating your internal home and how are you treating your external home? So right now I live alone. I moved to, I moved across the country to a place that I wanted to live in. And I'm having a full chapter alone because eventually I probably will live with someone. And right now I don't want to live with anyone but me. So I get to like decorate how I want to decorate. I get to like make the space really cozy. So looking at your environment and how that actually affects your internal world and is a reflection of how you're feeling internally. So we're going to focus on that. So inside out, how you're feeling. And then module three is your single habit. So again, looking at how can you go from those disconnected habits to building more habits that connect you home to you, that connect you to joy, to, that connect you to um, attracting what you want in dates, feeling safe to express your desires for dates, feeling safe to express your needs, while also feeling safe to release control and to initiate and also to receive, to lean forward, to lean back. It's a dance, right? We lean forward, we lean back. We lean forward, we lean back, but some of us are like too forward and some of us are way too back and we need to do a little bit of both. So we're going to look at that and helping you implement new habits, helping you um, completely shift the way that you're communicating in your dating life, the way that you are showing up in your dating life. Oh, I'm so excited for this. Like it just, I have been guiding people on this for years. And recently there's been, um, someone in my men's group where, um, he just moved to this new place, started dating. We've been going over texts and like how, you know, the overthinking starts coming up and like, we've been actually creating the text together and just helping him feel safer to just show up as himself. And it's just the most beautiful thing to witness. And so I love, love, love guiding people in this because, Again, dating is where it all comes out. And if you are not aware of what's coming out and you're like, why the fuck am I feeling this way? It can feel so overwhelming. And so I am like your dating fairy godmother. I'm here to help you relate differently. So that is module three. Yeah, module three. And then module four is becoming your own best date. So deepening the relationship with yourself. I'm going to have you guys take yourself out on a hot, spicy, sexy date. And yeah, we're going to really take your relationship to yourself to the next level. We're going to talk about all of the juicy things. And then module five is power, the powerfully single you. So really integrating everything we did in the first four modules coming together for the last week and helping you further integrate. How are you going to continue these habits? How are you going to continue showing up as your most authentic self? How are you going to continue leading with your heart and your 
um, your gut and your intuition and your soul rather than from your overthinking mind. So we're going to tie it all together in between each week, in between each module, you guys have journal prompts. I've been known to give some very good journal prompts that get you exploring on a deeper level. And if you're like, fuck that, I hate journal prompts. I hate journaling. We're going to start there looking at that resistance to that. Cause I used to be the most resistant to journaling ever. So I got you. We're also going to do homework, like taking yourself out on fun dates, treating yourself the way that you want a partner to treat you. If you want to come home from a long day of work to a romantic bubble bath with rose petals and bath salts and candles, I want you to start doing that for yourself now. I don't want you to wait for someone to do that for you. I want you to show your people, your lovers, your boyfriends, your girlfriends, the people you're dating. I want you to show other people how to show up for you. Because again, everything external is a reflection of the internal. So if you are not treating yourself a certain way, that is how you're going to be treated externally. So show other people how to show up for you. Take time to be with yourself, to touch yourself, to nurture yourself, to, you know, put nourishing foods in your body, to move your body, to take time without all the screens and just be with yourself. All of it. Like every night I have a, a skin routine where I put oil on my body and I just like look at myself in the mirror and I touch myself and I love myself. Like I want you guys to develop a deeper intimacy with yourself. So we're going to do journal prompts, affirmations, homework. There's going to be a community group where you guys can ask questions and connect with one another. And you, again, these live calls are the recorded modules. So you will have these live calls as the modules forever. And let's see, trying to think if there's any other details that I'm missing. Do you guys have any questions for those that are live right now? Do you have any questions about powerfully single, about anything at all that we talked about today? I would love to hear how all of this landed for you, how it resonated. And yeah, if you have any questions that are coming up. And if anything does come up, my DMs are always, always open. So we start August 4th. You can head to link my bio to claim your spot. It's going to be so fun. Like this is going to be the most fun program I've ever done. Like, honestly, it's so fun because what is more fun than like falling in love with yourself and also going on like hot, spicy dates? Like what's more fun than that? And like really connecting to a deeper presence in life because that's what life is about. We're not supposed to just be like numbing our way through life and just like getting through it. We're supposed to be feeling like turned on by life, feeling alive by life, feeling like we can flirt with life, feeling like we can just walk around and just like our energy is contagious, feel like we're just glowing for no reason other than we're just feeling so fucking good. I want you to feel like high on life, but also grounded. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the best of both worlds. <sighs> I'm so excited for this. It's going to be so, so good. So please join us if it feels aligned. Um, right now, the price is at 555. That includes the five weeks, the journal prompts, the homework, 
all the things. I'm going to include some powerfully single meditations for you so that when you're feeling kind of like discouraged in your dating life, you can listen to this meditation and it's going to be like a little, a little pep talk, a little confidence boost, a little like energetic boost. So I'm going to record one of those especially for people in this program and also inner child meditation, some grounding videos, so many good things coming. So anywho, I love you guys so much. Thank you for attending this masterclass. I want all of you to experience dating in a joyful way and become the joyful dater. And I really want you to experience like, or really reflect on what does the joyful dater mean to you? How would that look and feel like for you in your dating life and in your alone time? So for me, the joyful dater is the version of myself that can just be chill and not the crazy girlfriend that I've always been that can just feel so in love with my life and know what I have to offer that I don't feel the need to convince anyone of that, that I can just experience it for whatever it is that I can just have fun, like, and not have fun in an avoidant, like, ah, I have no feelings way, but like have fun in a like connected way. You know what I'm saying? All right. I think that's it. And I love you all so much. Thank you for being here. If you're listening to this on the pod, I would love to hear your takeaways. So DM me on the Instagram land, email me, find any other way of connecting. I am here. I love connecting with all of you and I hope you, yeah, just have the most beautiful day. Message me with any questions for Powerfully Single and I can't wait to see who joins the magic. All right. Bye guys. See you next week.